When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Really, Riley? 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 <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloved. Happy Monday. This daily savings time sucks like so bad. Ugh. Like, why are we even doing this shit anymore? Like, what was the point? I, I mean, yeah, it's just, can we not? Can we just not? I mean, yeah. I know everybody's probably griping about that this week, but I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. But let me not start the week out really shitty like that. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Really Riley. Let's start over. Um, if you guys are new around these parts, hello. I am Riley, the host of this here podcast, and I always like to talk about all things real, all things Riley, things about manifestation, about marriage, about kids, about just lots of life experience, I guess you could say. Um, So today, I want to talk to you about the things that I learned being a Hooters girl. Important life lessons, actually, to be quite honest with you. And I know a lot of you guys are just like, what? Like, what life lessons do you learn being a Hooters girl? Well, many honestly. So to be fair, I was a Hooters girl for one year and then I got fired there. And then I started being a wing house girl. Now it's the same concept as Hooters. It's just not nationwide. It's only in Florida. There's like, I think, I think there's like six or eight of them. Um, but I was a Hooters slash wing house girl from 19 to like 23. My mom was pissed when I decided to become a Hooters girl, but I was, you know, first year in college and needed to make quick money and was kind of lazy in terms of life back then. So I was just like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Um, I started as a hostess and then became a server. That was my first serving job. Um, it was interesting because I was never like a naive kid, you know, being a kid that grew up with a lot of drama or drama. Yeah, that too. And trauma. Like I was pretty street smart always. So I was always a take no shit type of person. I guess not a whole lot has changed since then. Um, but it wasn't like I was walking in this like new, like sweet as a rose, dusty flower that, you know, didn't know that there's gross people in this world and there might be a lot of nasty men walking up in there ogling young girls. Like, it's not like I wasn't aware of that, but it just made me very akin to a lot of the things that I was experiencing in radio later. I know that sounds insane to correlate being a Hooters girl to being in radio, like, but it prepared me for a lot. Case in point, 
um, at Wing House, not Hooters, but I got into their calendar. I was actually in their calendar twice in the same calendar year. I was the September girl, which, hey, my birthday. And I was in the December, um, it's not a centerfold, I don't know, the, the December month picture with two other girls. And my mom was so fucking concerned. She was just like, oh my God, are you going to be showing your whole ass? Are you going to be showing everything? Actually, no. I was sitting on a chair. I was like kind of like straddling it, but like, you know, just sitting on it nicely. I didn't like, I had worse poses on my boudoir photo shoot that I did than this. Um, It was as tasteful as you could think in terms of stuff like this. Like I was holding a hot sauce bottle. Like they ended up putting an eight by 10 of that photo in their Daytona, um, franchise branch or their Daytona restaurant I was in St. Petersburg where I worked um which if you're not from Florida or whatever it's probably like I don't know two hours two and a half hours away and my mom came around because she was so proud that when they went to Daytona she went to that uh restaurant and took photos of that like that's my daughter but during that time they had you do like a little calendar tour throughout the several wing houses and they wanted you to get dressed up you sat behind a table you sold your calendars and got bonuses for the calendar and you had to sign them for everybody and that right there that like couple of months where I had to go out and do events a lot of that was like what I had to do in radio in terms of appearances because were there times where there was higher ups and sales sleazy sales dudes and like you know, this client of this client that would hit on you and you had to figure out a way to not piss off said client and be like, yeah, fuck you, don't hit on me. But also, you know, not not put yourself out there like, oh yeah, you can get these cookies. It was the art of like, my sister actually gave me this advice and I don't know how much I like it now because it seems kind of uh, not on her, but like the fact that this had to be given because it, it, it was true that... Uh, in that situation, and in many a times in radio, in my younger years, not, you know, since becoming a mom and all that, but appear to be available, but don't ever actually be available. Now, that sounds so yuck. I know that it does. And this was 20 years ago when I first got into radio. It's so insane to say that I've been doing anything for that long. Can I say that some things have changed and some things haven't? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean... I always say I got real successful in my career. You know, I went almost to the tippity top of what you can do in radio and I didn't S any D to get there ever. You know, there was never any of that. But were there a lot of advances that I had to just kind of tee hee my way out of? Yeah, all the fucking time. So when I was there at that like calendar thing, I always stayed behind the table and I never like got too close to people. You know, I would sign it. I would look them in the eye and make them feel as though they were the only person in the room. Not in a sexual way. It wasn't that. It, it was just you were a person that I, I've never thought of myself as a celebrity. I don't even goo-goo gaga over most celebrities unless it's pink. But it, at that time, in those capacities, when everybody was drunk, we were like these little local celebrities, you know, the calendar girls, whatever. But I always wanted to give people that moment if they were going to like think I was a big deal even for five seconds. And that taught me so much about connectivity in radio, now in podcasting. But then that like spilled over into life and being like my lifeblood in a sense. So I definitely learned how to market myself back then. There were so many different things about that period in my life that 
I noticed as well, like not reading a book by its cover. This was a big one for me. So this was also when I was at Wing House. Most of these stories are Wing House because I was there like the three of the four years that I was a Hooters girl slash Wing House girl. Um, but not judging a book by its cover. And I want to do an entire other podcast about this. Um, but in that capacity, like you would have people walk into the door that were rich as shit and everybody would fawn all over them like evil Knievel. I don't know if this is aging the fuck out of me, but you know, evil Knievel would come in there. He would have a freaking diamond hanging from his like sunglasses or prescription glasses that was probably bigger than my engagement ring. Um, and he would tip like a dollar. He would sit there all day. I only saw him like two, three times. Hulk Hogan would come in all the time. He was not a big tipper at all. You know, I know these aren't like the biggest of the biggest celebrities, but you know, 20 years ago they were bigger. And then, you know, it's little St. Pete, Florida. So that was huge then. And, you know, you don't, they don't always like, it's not always like the, the big people that you need to go fawn over. Like side note, this is way later. Justin Timberlake, when I was in Memphis for seven years, that boy does not fucking tip, or at least he didn't then. If y'all are Memphis OGs, census nights every freaking Friday for a long ass time. Oh my God. I feel like I need to shower every time I say that name, but he came in there one time and racked up about $200 in shots. And then, you know, it's not exactly that's, you know, the, the Ritz Carlton. So it's not super expensive in there. So that's kind of hard to do tip like seven bucks. So I think it was then too, that like I learned celebrities in that sense are not the biggest deal unless they make you feel a certain way that is good. Like celebrities shouldn't be revered in this big, huge thing just because they're famous. If you're doing something with that celebrity, like you're making me feel like a certain way that's good and uplifting, or, you know, you wrote a song that really moved me, or you wrote a movie or like starred in a movie that really hit my soul, or you're doing good work in life, or you're doing all these charities or whatever. Like, as much as I'm a Bravo psycho, and I love my Bravo, don't get me wrong, I just don't feel like celebrities should get that much like, oh, like they're gods just because they're celebrities. But you know, I shouldn't talk shit because who knows? I don't know Pink personally. I just know that she definitely got me through life with so many of her songs. It's part of the reason why I don't actually want to meet her up front because if she had a bad day and she was a bitch, it would wreck my life. I digress. But the whole not reading a book by its cover thing, like I remember there was this one dude that used to come in and he was a garbage man. As far as I know, garbage men can make some pretty good money. Um, but he would sit at the bar most of the time. He would kind of smell because he'd be at work he would get off work and then go there um so all the girls were like oh yeah and he was the nicest guy ever I would always take the time to just talk to him because those girls were bitches and you know I wasn't in like the greatest place in my life so sometimes the customers that were in there were just as much my therapist as I was theirs because a lot of times when you know you go into it's not a strip club it is one step above sometimes but they'll you're their therapist if they're drinking you know it's the same thing as a bartender but it was very mean girl club in there and I remember the manager didn't like me probably because I didn't take one of his advances at one point um and they used to always stick me on a Friday night in the game room which was so damn annoying because people would go back there then drink one soda or one drink and get nachos you wouldn't make any money and they would sit there all night and it was the hardest to clean up I used to hate it and I remember I was broke and one time it was supposed to be a really busy Friday and they stuck me back there and I was like tearing up and crying to this, you know, garbage man customer that, God, I wasn't going to make any money and I was just really pissed off. <laughs> God, 
first the those first world problems back then um because i was living at home with mama so i didn't really have it that hard but in when you're a server there you have to wear like a belt and then you have like a little fanny pack in between your your tutu area and i remember t- talking to him and saying all of this to him and he reached down and put the money i forget if it was in my belt like underneath my belt like not to where my shorts were like to underwear like you know because you have to wear pantyhose too underneath those shorts but it was like in between my i forget if it was in between my belt and my shorts or if it was actually in the tutu area i don't think it was in the tutu area because i probably would have smacked him it was in the belt but i remember he was like tucking something in there and i was like what he'd never touched me before ever and he's just like you're gonna be fine kiddo i, I promise i promise you and i i go to the bathroom i'm like wiping my mascara away and i look 200 bucks he'd stuffed in my belt didn't ask for anything didn't say anything else most of you guys might be like oh he just capped a feel it wasn't even like that and it was just this kindness from this guy and i think he was just returning the favor of the fact that i was always the one that would just pay him the damn time of day there were so many life lessons i learned from all of that like i remember when i was in school i was studying sign language interpreting crazy right that I talk for a living now but I remember there was this one dude that used to always come in and he was deaf and it was when I was first learning like how to finger spell like when you spell out things on your hand and I was just getting the language a little bit like I I don't I barely remember any of it because it's the type of thing where like you use it or you lose it which most things are in terms of like a second language but I remember he was like you know trying to just point to the menu all the time and I he didn't know that I knew sign language. So one day when I could like get a few things together, I signed with him and the light in his face just fucking lit up. Oh my God, it was crazy. And I felt so like good that, oh, okay. Like, and he started ordering all these other things that he'd never ordered, like with detail. And I was like, oh damn, like does nobody ever like pay attention? And all of a sudden he started coming in with his friends. And like, of course that got overwhelming because you know, I wasn't really all that good at it, but I would try. But it was just that connectivity of somebody feeling seen. And side note, like the deaf community is the most amazing thing, people, group, sorry, not thing, but it's amazing experience to be around because they are the most energetic because obviously they have to be for certain signs. And they're also very literal people, but funny because the flick of an eyebrow in sign language could change the meaning of a sign from a statement to a question. So you, you like what you see is what you get in a fun way. And also like the hearing impaired don't, I consider it this way too. They don't have like a disability. They just communicate differently than anyone that's not hearing impaired. So that's a whole nother tangent, but I learned just so much about people in general through that restaurant environment, especially one where you walk in and expect it to be one thing, like, oh, it's a Hooters girl, or it's Wing House, or Sluts, or whatever that shit is. But I just learned so much about myself there, too. Like, there was such power in being a woman. And, and you know, my sexuality, like I, I, like I said, I never asked any D to get anywhere. It wasn't that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if my husband or my mother would like me sharing this, but full disclosure, like, there was this one dude that used to come in and used to want to take all of us girls shopping. Tyrone Mall was right across the street and never wanted anything. <laughs> At least he never wanted anything from me because I think he knew better because I was always mean to him. Because I was just thinking that he was this gross old man. And one day, yeah, I'll admit it. We're, we're being real, real on Really Riley that 
he took us to the mall and bought us a bunch of shit because he liked the attention. But I remember too, and I know a lot of you guys are going, Ugh, hooker, whatever. I didn't sleep with him. I didn't kiss him. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Maybe that took advantage of him a, a little bit. I feel like Anna Nicole Smith just a tad, but whatever. I, listen, I have zero shame if you haven't gotten wind of that just yet. So if you want to come shame me, Karens, bring it on. We'll have some fun in the DMs. Um, but I remember one time seeing him and he came up and he had bought Christmas presents for this one head bartender's kids. And I remember thinking like, that's really sweet. A lot of people would be like, ugh, that's so weird and that's so gross. Da, da, da. Like you're letting this dude buy da, 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 whatever. No. It's not like you make millions of dollars when you're a Hooters girl. Like, can you make good money and keep a living? Yeah. But it's not like it was Vegas. that. Mo- yeah, I know. I got $200 stuffed in my belt buckle, but it wasn't like that all the time. And again, that was like not judging a book by its cover, which I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of you judgy wedgies right now. But I also like learned how quickly temptation can turn shitty and bad in that environment. Because there was a lot of girls that were 15 years old as hostesses and coming in there was this one girl, I think her name was Lexi. Beautiful girl, beautiful long curly hair, super, super innocent, like just the sweetest girl ever. But she got swept up in all of the drama, all of the drugs, all of the things that happened in that particular restaurant. I won't tell you which one was Hooters or which one was Wing House because I don't feel like getting sued. But... Within two years, she was a completely different human. Because you know when you're like 15 years old, you still kind of have like that baby fat look to you? Well, in two years, she just looked so skinny. She really got into coke. She had been so sheltered her whole life. And it was like then she got a taste of that. And by the time she was 18 years old, I, I just, I know she was not on a good path. But that was the last time I had been around her. So God willing, she figured it out. But is it weird to say that I don't really want my kids to be super, super sheltered up until they're 18 years old? Now, bear with me. I don't want them to go freaking do drugs. I don't want them to do all of these bad things. But I I don't want them to be like white as the driven snow at 18 because I feel like then you get a tiny little piece of that freedom and all hell breaks loose. Like the minute that you get it, it's just like you could almost fuck up your trajectory of your life like I almost did too I wasn't sheltered by any means I saw way more shit than any six through 17 year old should but I'm grateful for always having that grit to me because I got really far in life and still have really far to go and I didn't really have anybody helping me or guiding me that was just that instinct and that grit that I had and I think that being around a lot of those situations like taught me that I saw the ugly in people in some of these ways, like the managers in there, like sleeping with the girls, getting this one pregnant while he's sleeping with that one in the break room and just, ugh, you know, just all this grossness. And it was just this weird world that like, there was so much more world outside of that bubble. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that I ended up in a situation 20 years later that it was like, I thought there was nothing bigger or better than that. And now, I am manifesting that I am claiming bigger and better. Maybe I should remember those days as Hooters Wing House Girl a little bit more. You know? It was funny because once I got into radio, because I got into radio right as I was like leaving there, I got fired from there because I don't remember why. 
I think because I didn't show up for a shift or something like that because I was kind of on the outs there anyway after that and things got gross there. Um, and then when I got into radio, they wanted me to come in for a signing with the calendars and I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm good. Cause I think I was already living in Michigan or something like that when I, they asked that, but there was so much to be learned about the human experience through that because people would come in and they had just gotten broken up with and their engagements and they would come there to drink and have a good time and look at pretty girls and maybe have a free therapist for a little while. Like there was people that were so excited and happy when they would walk on those doors because they would be having a bachelorette party or a bachelor party. You know, there was sometimes families that went in there, you know, and the food was actually pretty good. The blackened chicken wings, blackened naked wings. Yep. So yummy. Damn. That sounds really good right now. Or the shrimp. Oof. But I definitely learned a lot about life in those three years that I was a Hooters slash swing house girl. And I'm, I'm honestly like, I have so many stories. I have stories for days about all of that, but I definitely did learn how to hold my own in a room full of men, how to hold my own in a room full of jealous fucking bitches. And I'm not saying they were jealous of me. It was just everybody was just jealous of everybody. It was just such animosity working there with a bunch of women. And I didn't really work with a lot of women in radio because the bulk of most of my shows were, you know, just me. Uh, until, mm-hmm. And that experience, I was just like, wow. Like, I saw it right away. I saw the animosity right away. I saw the, I don't, I don't want to call it jealousy, but... The, because it didn't seem envious. It seemed just like, it just seemed like animosity there. Like you're on my turf thing. And I'd never like done that to somebody because I don't live like that. I It's me against me. You know, like I don't gun for other people's things. If I can't do the job, then I need to better myself or find a job that I can do to the best of my ability. Like I don't, I don't fight for other people's scraps. And I don't like go in other people's lanes because my lane isn't talented enough. I don't do that shit. But I learned back then to, to see that in people. You know, it's funny. One of my few female colleagues in radio, like it was, I remember I had met this person years before I became a part of that show. And I remember calling my friend that we were both really good mutual friends. And I was just like, I don't know that I dig that person. And that person, my friend, had said to me, like, oh, no, 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 you just don't know that person and blah, 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 blah. But then I come to think about it, like, that person, my friend, didn't really either. Like, didn't, you know, have day-to-day dealings with them. And it's funny now because I remember, like, my intuition was so right. So right. It's just, I needed to go back and remember some of my days as a Hooters girl, damn it. But... I definitely look back on those days like super fondly, like my young, wild days, but it's cool that I was that keen to the life lessons I could have in that capacity. And I hope to to keep on using them, that it's okay to be a sexy, successful woman. I mean, is it okay to use that to your advantage? I don't know. Why not? Honestly, I don't. Like I said, hanging and banging to get a job ain't my thing, even though that still happens today, sadly enough. No, 
I can't sleep at night with that. But, you know, if I can use all of my attributes to put my best foot forward, then fine. I know there's some haters that might not like that, but shit, men have been doing it for years. They use their masculinity to get jobs and get paid more. Okay. I know. We're tap dancing on that. Really, Riley? I don't love that all that much, but I can't say I haven't used it before. That would be bullshit. So just be careful with that slippery slope though. Cause then maybe what, what is your value later? I mean, I don't want to say that my value is diminished because I might have a nice ass that I worked really hard for or a cute face. I'm not saying that maybe it was, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows like what had happened was with all of the endings of my radio career or at least thus far, but lots and lots of lessons as that Hooters girl. So crazy. I would love to. No, I actually don't. I was say I was gonna say I would love to put that uniform on just once for Marshall, but uh, uh-uh. I'm scarred by those damn orange shorts. Ugh, they were so uncomfortable and so unflattering. And they've revamped the uniform since then, but I don't think it's gotten better. Any bees, I hope you guys enjoyed really Riley. And I know that I popped in with a bonus episode last week, so I think I might be doing a couple more of those. But if you guys want more, please do me a favor. Give me a little review on Apple Podcasts. That would be great because, like I said, it pushes the algorithm up and then more people get to see their eyes on Really Riley and then I can hopefully get more sponsors to keep this podcast going. Speaking of keeping the podcast going, I'd appreciate you a long time if you would sign up to be a part of the We Got This Army. I am this week, if they come in, my God, putting together some little early Christmas prezies for you, We Got This Army. I am so excited. I actually have one of these like in my purse right now. Um... But yeah, it's only seven bucks a month or you can do yearly, which is 70 bucks a year. And you guys periodically will get goodies from me. You get exclusive audio. You get uh, newsletters letting you guys know where I am and what I'm doing. And then coupons to my events, exclusive access to my events or early exclusive access to my events. And also you get five bucks off the website for merch. Then I also just sent out a new coupon for merch for everybody. So I'd appreciate you a long time if you would sign up to be part of the We Got This Army. Um, and if you have questions, comments, concerns, DMs are always open at Riley Couture, at Really Riley Podcast, at House of W by Riley. Oh, and pop-ups. Lots of them coming up. I have one on the 26th of this month. I have one on the 2nd and 3rd and then the 8th. No, then the ninth and 10th, there's, there's many of them. And I know a lot of you guys have been asking, so I'm going to put together a flyer and put that on my house of W page. If you guys want to come say hi to me, if you guys want to shop the really Riley merch, if you want to shop the house of W candles and get some Christmas pressies, I would love to see you and give you a big old hug. And there's one more vision board event in the works, but I got to tell you all about that later. But you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Oh, really, Riley Podcast at gmail.com if you have an Ask Riley on Wednesday. If you have a Show Me the Ring or a Small Business Spotlight, I would love uh, to hear from you. Okay, you guys, I will talk to you on Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, if I get a little wild hair up my butt and decide to do, do another bonus episode. We'll see. But either way, Tuesday or Wednesday. Love you long time. Thanks for listening. It's really Riley. <laughs>